Through everyday stories, we transform the ordinary into extraordinary and triumph over adversity. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. I'm your host, Matt Tech, and this is It's Not Just a Hat Rack. Social neuroscientist John Cassioppo, in a TED talk called The Lethality of Loneliness, says, quote, Loneliness is just as lethal as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. It's more dangerous than obesity and substantial evidence that having a lack of social connection significantly increases the risk of premature mortality. Why do you think the prison system uses solitary confinement as the most severe of punishments for violent behavior. It's because being alone literally kills us. It is a biological fact. When your body recognizes it's lonely, the biological response is similar to being physically assaulted. How did we become so lonely? It's built into our cultural ethos. Get off my lawn. No trespassing signs. Higher fences. Barbed wire. We bought our own mowers. We get our eggs at the grocery store when we used to get them next door. Headphones are wireless and noise canceling. Our homes went from front porches to no porches. We went from bars, movie theaters, and churches to alcohol delivery, streaming services, and virtual church in our pajamas. We filter our relationships today through technology, relying on an algorithm to weed out potential prospects. We go to our kids' soccer games and live concerts, but we watch them through a cell phone camera. There's no need to dance the delicate dance of romance, intimacy, desire, and rejection. Why? Because we have sex, sexuality, and desire all on demand. We don't need to put on our shoes and go on grand adventures to accomplish those harrowing goals and risk failure. We play video games, and usually with cheat codes and infinite lives. We don't have to sit in a boardroom or classroom meetings to experience the pain of being outvoted or the rejection of our seemingly great ideas. We learn from home, work from home, and attend Zoom meetings with the option to wear pants. We know more about our favorite celebrities than we do about our neighbors. We're playing community instead of living community. We're able to communicate more than ever before. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, text messaging, sending video messages 30 seconds at a time with unlimited takes to get it right, FaceTime, email. We can literally communicate with anyone on the planet. But communication is not connection. Dr. John Deloney says in his new book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, that, quote, communication is the transfer of information. Connection is the mutual weight-bearing of one another's burdens and celebrating of one another's joys. We don't do that anymore, end quote. As we discussed earlier, loneliness is a poison. It is literally killing us. John Deloney further states, quote, Loneliness cripples us physically, unwinds us mentally, and makes it impossible to be spiritually whole. See, in reality, we're made for connection. Real, meaningful, in-person, give-and-take with people we trust and love. We were designed for relationships. Our bodies literally regulate themselves to one another. So much so that relationships help heal us from trauma, physical pain, and loss, while the absence of relationships actually causes trauma, physical pain, and loss. 
Culture tells you to rely on yourself. You can only count on yourself that you don't need other people. This is a lie. Look, I'm a college dropout, but one thing I love about my college experience is that I learned how to learn. College is supposed to be a social experience, but still does not adequately prepare us to be with people. How many times have you seen someone get their bachelor's, master's, or PhD and still struggle to find a job? Not because they're dumb, but because they have no people skills. They cannot connect with another human being and jitter at the thought of sitting down on an interview with a real person. So we communicate but don't connect. What do we do now? First, take inventory of your ecosystem. Jocko Willink calls this process detachment. It will involve creating space between your stories and your body. Think of it as a gap between your thoughts and your instant excuses and physical reactions. Other people will call it developing an awareness. What are your ecosystem reflections? I would advise writing them down. Here are some tactical practices. Check your phone usage on your phone. How often are you using it every day? How many minutes or hours do you spend on social media? Count how many screens you see every day. The phone, the tablet, TV, apparently they're on cars now. How many online accounts do you have? Check out your Amazon orders over the last 12 months. How many things did you get online that you could have walked into the store for? Calculate the entire amount of debt you're carrying. Trust me, this one's important. Make a list of your five closest friends. How long have you known them? Write out some of the tough times you've been in with each one. How often do you hang out with them in person? When was the last time you wept in front of your friends? When was the last time you laughed so hard you cried with your friends? So you take an inventory, but now what? How do we make friends and become a better friend ourselves? How do we connect? Here's six points I'm going to run you through. Number one, decide you're going to and then make it a priority. Make connecting with people who are not your friends and family a priority. This will be harder than you think. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're busy, you're exhausted, you have a lot going on, you feel like you don't have time for another thing. The culture has pushed you into thinking as an individual. My home, my day, my work, my dreams, my stuff. Your world revolves around you. As we discussed earlier, this is a recipe for lonely death. So decide you're going to put forth the effort to make friends. Number two, be aware of shared experiences. Seek out the shared experiences. Get involved in community programs, competitions, fundraisers, sporting leagues, teams. I'm not an outdoor guy, but my best friend loves being outdoors. He loves fishing. He loves shooting guns. So guess what I do when I want to hang out with him? I get uncomfortable. I bait the hook. I put the bullets in the gun. I pull the trigger. It's the key to a relationship with him. So invite some guys to a concert or a ball game. As we're recording this, we're halfway through NFL season. Invite some folks over to watch some football, eat some meat, and drink some Zevias. Join a small group at church, start a club, dust off the old instrument, and invite some folks over to jam. If you have friends you like to connect with, dig into various social media platforms and see if any of your old crew live in the area. It doesn't matter who it is or what you're doing. Just start, be intentional, make the time. Number three. Extend hospitality and go first. This is a tech household core value. We love having people over. Even when things are messy, I haven't mowed the lawn, homeschool supplies are out and scattered. 
Invite people over even if it isn't fancy. If it's a one-bedroom apartment, invite folks and their kids to the park. Just ask. Others are desperate for relationship and connection as well. It's not just you and me, but someone's got to go first and it might as well be you. Ask questions like, hey, can we get together this week? Let's grab a drink or some coffee. Y'all want to go eat after church? Hey, I'm taking my kids to the park. You should join us. Look, is it going to be weird and awkward? Absolutely. But probably not as much as you think. Is it possible someone will say no? Sure. And rejection does suck. But go first anyway. Some visits will be okay and you'll realize maybe you weren't meant to be your lifelong friends. Do it anyway. Don't be dramatic. Be chill. Be direct. Dr. Deloney says, be your weird, glorious, wacky self. Number four, say yes to invitations and adventures. This is another core value in the tech house. We do our best to always say yes. If we can afford it and we can fit it in, we're up for it. Birthday parties, dinners, engagements, concerts, hiking, pulling apart a deck, whatever, whenever, the answer is yes. Shared experiences unite and bond people together, especially trials, teamwork, and challenges. So whenever possible, say yes. Go and do and stop hiding. Number five, go where other people are. You have to get out of your house. This one sounds simple, but it's tough. The fact is, if you want to get connected with other people, you have to leave your home and go where other people are. So turn off the screen. Stranger things can wait. Stop binging. Get around people on purpose. In this situation, you don't have the weight and pressure of planning. Just show up. Sign up for a membership at the local rec center. Go to the men's breakfast. Go to the ladies' Bible study. Join a band. Pick a hobby that involves a group instead of just you. Serve at your church. Go to the parties. Just go where the people are. Number six, serve others. Grab your kids and pack lunches for the homeless and then go hand them out. Do a family shift at the food bank. Bake all day and take cookies to your neighbors. Volunteer somewhere that gives to a cause that's important to you. Do things that build community with your neighbors. You have a lot of gifts as an individual. You have resources, whether that's financial and otherwise. You have skills, talents, and abilities. So invest them as a way of improving the community where you live. You want to get really weird? Invite other people to serve with you. So then what's next? Once you're around people, it's time to go deeper. It might be tempting to play it safe, limit the relationship to the surface, but friendship is a skill and it takes vulnerability. There are active steps to cultivate and deepen key relationships on your own. But before we get into those, just remember, it's okay if friendships don't work out. Everyone is not for everyone, and your identity is not dependent on getting people to like you. People will be in seasons where they're busy and cannot get together. In other seasons, you can hang out all the time. Just keep it consistent. Okay, to go deeper, here's what we do. Number one, tell your friends about the good stuff in your life. When you're excited and amped up about something amazing that's happened, make a call, send the text, and share the news. Go first. Number two, tell your friends about the bad stuff in your life. When there's difficult things, don't keep it to yourself. Tell your friends what's happening and how it makes you feel. Don't overdo it, though. Don't be the central hub of drama in the relationship. Every relationship needs boundaries, but if you need something, ask. Number three, Tell your friends when you hurt. Others understand you better when you open up about the struggles that have defined you. You also give your friends the same opportunity to find the same freedom. 
be smart and be safe and be socially aware when engaging in this type of sharing. The setting has to be right. You also have to understand not everyone has the tools to handle this type of news, especially if it's heavy. See, a therapist does therapy and long-term trauma care, but good friends hug you, cries with you, and takes you to dinner. Number four, be honest. Just tell the truth. If someone says something you don't like, or especially something that hurts your feelings, say something. This gives them a chance to show you that they can be trusted. Give them a chance to say sorry and never, ever, ever send these messages via text or social media. Write a letter if you have to, but if at all possible, call or visit in person to talk it through. And then number five, show up. This is the most important thing. Friends don't just talk about things when they're hard, they actually go. Friends show up at the funerals. They check on your kids. They come over when you lose the job. They show up when the doctor says the word cancer. You don't have to know what to do or what to say. Just be there. One of my favorite things Dr. John Deloney says is this. He says, you are worth being loved. And in his book, he says further, you're worth having people in your life who you don't have to clean the house for or put on makeup for. You're worth having friends you don't have to be loud with, lie to, or suck in your gut around. You're worth openness, truth-telling, and honesty. So, prioritize relationships, build connections, make the call, show up, say yes. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. It's not just a hat rack. We close with today's Done and done, little shortcuts and insights to navigate life. Learn how to make a proper cup of tea. Ask anyone from Commonwealth country, if you're making tea, pour your water just before it hits boiling point, not after. If you wait too long, you'll scald the tea and it loses its natural flavor. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and more importantly, share with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe so you always have the latest episode.